We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Happy Friday. It is the Bankroll Challenge Build Show, the show where I bring on the top minds, the top GPP players in the industry, and I pick their brain about their process. We try to pull out these nuggets that we can apply to our own play. And today I have Dean, a.k.a. Dean78904, question mark, a.k.a. the DFS underscore almanac. How are we doing today, man? I'm doing well. Yeah, I didn't realize like uh, when it asked me to jump in the room, I wasn't sure like if I should type that in or what. I didn't always I was gonna be seen by the public, so I was like seven eight nine zero four. I guess is that what we're doing here? Yeah. So yeah, that that's my uh, what is that called? The third level, the third screen. What's the technical term for that? I I don't know, third, man. I the third the the fourth wall. I don't know. No, there's like a TV term for like the the, the thing you put your your name on. Oh, the cryon. No, I no, that's not it either. Whatever, it doesn't okay. matter. Yeah, no, this a is roaring start. This is what we're going to do. We're going to get into the minutia of TV production elements today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, yeah, so Dean, now I I get the impression that maybe a lot of people generally think of you more as a cash game player, uh, but you had a really nice uh, bink on Yahoo this year that we're going to talk about later. What is kind of your overall um, contest selection between uh, GPPs and cash? Lower third, by the way. Uh, I know it doesn't matter. There we go. Just, there we go. In my head, and I had to get it out there for some reason. Yeah. So I, I'm born. I I got that cash game brand. That's kind of what I'm born out of. I uh, you know, seven years ago, give or take, whatever it was, I I fired and uh, I guess I've been playing seven eight years, give or take, and threw like a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks on DK, whatever it is, and I did have a a GVP win, maybe like my first two or three weeks, and back then it was like. 800 bucks or whatever it was. And I wasn't playing any monster tournaments because I was pretty broke back then as well too. But for whatever reason, I just kind of gravitated to cash games. And that's, that's how my, I built my bankroll up through, uh, you know, just $5 at a time, $10 at a time, $20 at a time and certain percentages. But it, yeah, the way the industry has changed the way, uh, I mean, I'm not sure if you're aware of optimizers, optimizers are a thing. And now people are just clicking buttons and all of a sudden you're playing against machines and playing against computers. And, you know, it's 1v1s and 2v2s. Th- thanks, Derek Cardi. Thanks, the Blitz. Yeah, he um, ruined it. <laughs> it's your fault, Cardi. So, I mean, I think you have to evolve, right? Like, you have to evolve with, you know, with the way the things are in 2020. And I, I've uh, evolved more into a tournament play. And it's it's super interesting. And I'm sure we'll kind of delve into it. And others have as well as far as how people attack tournaments these days. Because 
you know, uh, there's like three or four different levels of doing that because, well, wait, if they know this and they know that and they're going to late swap this, then maybe I shouldn't late swap because they're going to late swap and that's suboptimal. Yeah. Uh, so th- th- that's kind of where we're at in 2020. But uh, yeah, so m- my, my general approach is cash game brain, but I'm pivoting to pivoting to tournaments. I've been doing that. Um, you know, if I can model my game after somebody, and I'm certainly not comparing myself to, but like Dinkfire, like I, I'm so impressed with what he's done. He's, he's one of those guys that, in my head at least, I think he was born as a cash game player and he played as a cash game player and he's basically pivoted the tournaments, probably, you know, because he saw the same thing that I saw as far as how, you know, 50-50s were not uh, as sexy as they used to be. And what's so sexy about doubling up? You know, there's no, nobody ever does the screenshot life or I put in 500 and I want all these head-to-heads and here's $1,000. Take that, Twitter. You know, yeah, actually, that, that should be a thing. I actually am going to do, for week 17, I have decided I am doing cash game week. I am going to become oh. at the best cash game slate of the year, week 17. I am going to become a cash game player. Uh, I'm figuring out my show schedule for it. And I will tell you right now, screenshots of my double ups will be a big part of cash game week in week 17. Um, but I want to ask, so you're still... What? How do you kind of like vacillate back and forth from the cash game mindset to the GPP mindset? I know I hear a lot of cash game players who say they have their shell throughout the week and they're kind of uh-huh. tweaking their cash game lineup. At what point are you making your cash game lineup? And at what point are you starting to create tournament lineups, maybe pivoting away from those chalky plays in your cash? It's funny because I'm I'm notoriously somebody just kind of, you know, puts things off and puts things off, and puts things off. So I almost... I don't make I don't start like building my first lineup until maybe Saturday night or Sunday morning, uh, you know. And I'm, and I'm best uh, under pressure, I suppose, when I have only an hour and a half to make you know 17 lineups or something like that, a couple of main lineups, and then branching off as far as tournaments and just kind of scrambling. And um, especially this year, like what what's the point? What what's the point? And then 2020 of making a a lineup on Tuesday or Wednesday. So this this is the nuts. I made it. And like you know, I mean, I'm not sure how to weigh how to quantify it, but. So, I mean, how, what's the best way of saying, like, when a piece of news sort of drops in the middle of the week and, you know, it, I don't it's know. Like, it's like there's like a, a it. tumble or kind of like um, <laughs> everything gets shaken up. It's, uh, I don't know. We'll get, it, it's like lower third. It'll come to me in a second. If you can visualize the slate and just imagining it doing like a somersault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, if I think of it, I'll say it. So, yeah, I get it. You don't want to, oh, you don't want to build before the flate, the flate gets slipped on its head. <laughs> it gets flipped on its head. Yeah. Do you, and I, one thing I found too is like, I like doing my research. I like, you know, starting to look at projections, ownership, and stuff. But I have found myself when I make lineups and I put in shells, I get anchored to those things. And so I'm like you now too, where Saturday night, Sunday morning is when I start making my first real stabs at lineups. Because, like you said, just so much changes and you don't want to be anchored to something you loved midweek that's no longer relevant. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much where I'm at, too. And now, uh, friends of mine, uh, this is a humble brag, I got friends, at least one. I, I don't want, I shouldn't have made it plural. But I have one person who will hit me up, like, on Wednesday or Thursday. So what do you have? This is what I got. This is what I'm working with. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? And I'm like, yeah, I like all that stuff. Can you make it work? I don't know. We'll see. They want answers on Wednesday and Thursday. I'm like, I don't have answers for you. I wish I could help you out. But, you know, just stay tuned, man. Just chill. And, uh, yeah, and there's always that guy. I, I don't know if you're in one of those discords or whatever like on Sunday night. So like, I got the nuts for next week. Here it is. You know, it's like, dude, it's like everything's going to change. What's the point? It's a good exercise. And for me, like the slate, the the, lineups are kind of built in my head, if that makes sense. I've been doing it for so long. It's, 
And I'm not an optimizer guy. Like I'll look at optimizers. I'll see what it's spinning out. Sometimes I agree with it. Sometimes I don't agree. I don't agree with it. And you use those to your advantage for tournaments as well, too. It's like, well, if optimizers are pushing a certain player, and I like this guy who's like, for whatever reason, not getting the same amount of love or just incrementally different, and he's not popping, uh, you know, I'm more likely to play them in tournaments or even in cash game if I just want, if I want to take a stand. And sometimes, sometimes I'm wrong. It just sort of happens that way. And sometimes, hopefully, more times than not, I'm correct. But uh, yeah, it's 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 good to get the reps in. But you know, I feel like I've gotten you know the, the Gladwell ten thousand reps in as far as building lineups. So in my head, I've already done it. Like I've not built a lineup. This it's Friday. I have yeah. not built a lineup this week. I, I kind of have an idea where I'm going, but I don't know what it's going to look like. At, you know, in the end until Sunday. Yeah, you, I mean, none of us can build lineups until we uh, play the Better Collective Poker Tournament tonight. That's what all of our focus is on right now, right, Dean? Let's, yeah, you know, I, I still have to sign up, but uh, I, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I'm excited for it. I don't know exactly what we're playing for. I, I, are we all going to be on Zoom and like seeing each other? And do I, do I need sunglasses? How does this work? Yeah, I mean, that is the thing. I think they're putting us in breakout rooms. This is uh, the Better Collective holiday party. They're doing a free roll poker tournament for us. There's some cash prizes. And uh, yeah, I think they're putting us in breakout rooms with people at our table. So yes, I think you do want the sunglasses because your opponents will be able to uh, look into your soul if you don't have them. Do you know, I'm not sure if you have any insight in this, do you know, uh, will the mans be making an appearance by chance? You know, the man's has been laying uh, very low during uh, 2020. Yeah, I actually, probably the most I talked about man's was when I did that podcast with you back at the beginning of quarantine. Yeah, that was, that was fascinating. I, I had more questions, but we only had so much time, but that's, uh, I would love to dig into that more. And it, I, I'm sure there's some video footage, some confirmation of this happening, I imagine on the YouTube somewhere. And yeah, it's a... Uh, when the 30 for 30 on the mains comes out, I, I will be the first one to hit that, uh, you know, DVR button. Well, the funny dynamic is now, you know, I initially when I started doing videos on this channel, they were the exclusively the man's videos and some of my most viewed videos are man's. And then I didn't like do YouTube videos for like a year or stuff. You know, I was doing stuff for other places and now I'm doing DFS videos again. And so then the algo like recommends videos on your channel to other people. And so all these people are like stumbling onto the old man's videos after watching like a super nerdy, like DFS strategy video. Uh, and it's been interesting. And I've also had some holdovers that were subs just for man's that is like, who's this? beta cock talking about right now so it's, it's been a lot of whiplash for the subscribers of this channel hey, borat made a comeback i mean that doesn't mean that they, if borat comes back why can't the man's come back that's all i'm saying yeah maybe when the time is right when the time is right he will he will return uh he will rise like a phoenix but uh how many how many tournament lineups are it sounds like you're hand building how many of these bad boys are you crafting with those those beautiful fingers yeah uh, i love it um so yeah i'm not somebody that's big in 150 I, I have not perfect. I, I use lineup HQ here at RJ, but and I, I just kind of use it just kind of see what to get a feel of what lineups look like, especially if I lock a certain player in. Like, what does that lineup look like? And I like to manipulate the numbers and all that. But uh, yeah, you're right. I, I'm going to handcraft handcraft everything on DK. I mean, I know this is frowned upon too by some people too. Uh, I know your boy Leviton. I heard I heard uh, he besmirches the, the concept, but I'll usually roll out three, you know, three uh, three cash lineups depending yeah. on the week. Now. Again, if I just keep landing on something I absolutely love, I'll just I'll merge everything onto that one lineup. But I and I'm also just inherently indecisive. I'm not sure if you can tell by this interview. I'll kind of go back and forth. <laughs> it's gonna jump all over the place. But uh, yeah, I, I tend to have like three main lineups on DK, and then I'll make like ten other lineups, just maybe twelve depending on the week. See how see how much time I, I have that that kind of thing. But uh, it's a scramble Sunday morning sometimes because you know world's smallest violin playing for me, but I am on air for like an hour and then that's, you know, I'm punting an hour or so as far as, you know, 
morning time and research time, a lot of building time. Of course, I can do that earlier. But again, I talked about how I like to uh, procrastinate. And I guess I'm best clutch. But yeah, so give me like a, like 10 or so. On FanDuel, I'll have five or 10, depending on the week, see how I feel. And on Yahoo, I usually, for whatever reason, I landed on six. I usually make six lineups on Yahoo per week. Oh, and um, are you generally locking in kind of those cash game lineups and then making the tournament? Or which order do you do that in? Yeah, so I'll usually have like my cash game lineup is and so I don't know how people build lineups and depending on the site, it's yeah, DK makes it the easiest. I think where it says you, you have 15 entries and then you export it. You you, you know you manipulate your lineups, change your lineups, uh, and then you can like export it to, uh, to a certain number. So I usually start with my shell lineup or my cash lineup, and then I'll kick like three or four or five guys out, and I'll I'll do like a three v three or four v four, and then I'll start over, and then I'll, I'll export that to three more. Like, how do you when when you you quote unquote handcraft? Uh, do you um do you do that the same way? Like, do you have like ten or fifteen on reserve and just keep branching them out? Uh, because that's that's what I what I do. And of course, I don't. It's funny. People think for whatever reason that I play ten percent of everybody. It's something. It's something value five throughout there just for fun. And it's I guess I I have to accept it at this point. But that's not what I do. I tend <laughs> to take I tend to take pretty big stands. And like some days I'll have fifteen lineups and like have a 95 percent of a player. Um, well, it doesn't work out math wise, but you know what I mean, more yeah. or less. Um, so I, I'm happy to do that. And, uh, so, and I, I have a pretty, pretty tight core and just, I just kind of run out, you know, well, instead of these three guys, these three guys, and these three guys, and these three guys, and that's it. And then and if it's either a good week or it's a bad week, sometimes every once in a while you land on the perfect lineup and you have the perfect three V three, but, um, yeah, it, it's, it, that, that's kind of sort of where I'm at. I'm not running out 150, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I, I was, yeah, I was going to ask you about that of how you end up balancing your exposures, you know, kind of what I end up having is by, you know, Sunday morning, I kind of write down the stacks I like, and then generally I'm writing down like some one-off low-owned plays and then some of those mini correlations I like, running back wide receivers or whatever, low-owned guys, and then I'm making my four or five lineups on DraftKings and trying to put those puzzle pieces Together, I'll generally add up like the salaries of those correlations. And then if I have a more expensive stack, let's try to get in the cheaper uh, one here for this correlation that. So it's kind of like this puzzle piece thing for me. It can be frustrating, though, because sometimes like I have all the, you know, the chunks I want to use and then they don't always fit. And sometimes you just have to get away from plays. You either say, am I going to build another lineup just to get this in or are we going to stay focused on these lineups? You mentioned playing uh, on FanDuel, Yahoo!, I've had a hard time. I have been making lineups on FanDuel after doing my DraftKings. I generally don't leave enough time. I'm generally not as familiar with the pricing for that week on FanDuel. And I find myself scrambling and not as comfortable. How do you juggle kind of bouncing from site to site there when you are in a time crunch? Yeah, uncomfortably. Uh, it's, it's just something, again, I'm just kind of used to, and it's just kind of built into my my, my Sunday week, and that's just how it, that's how it goes. But and it's funny because I think DK, it's just so much easier to split games off and say, I want to shuffle five lineups here. You know, if you have 15 lineups into, into the slant or whatever, it's 20, whatever it is, and then you want to split off four or five, and then I want to get in the other contest. Because if I, if I hit, if I make a good lineup, I want to have it in more than one spot. I yeah. want to get paid off when I actually have something. FanDuel makes it a little bit trickier as far as splitting lineups off, and it's funny because I won the, uh, the Flea Flicker earlier this year, and uh, I won it twice because I duped my own lineup. I finished first and second. And sometimes it just sort of works out that way and you get lucky. And that wasn't intentional. It wasn't like, oh, I love this lineup. And 
I'm going to just put it in two times. And I don't understand people run trains for various reasons. And, you know, you can get into why they do that. And of course you don't necessarily, you don't do that for a contest that has 30% paid off at first place. And that's, that's something we might get into. I'm sure Well, you direct the show, you tell me what you want to talk about, but you know, the idea of a contest selection is just the most important thing that people don't talk about. So I had the same lineup and I didn't get nearly as paid off as you did. What happened? What did I do wrong? Yeah, and it's it, it's people just don't understand that concept, and maybe we it, as an industry, I don't know how much you talk about it, but it's it's so important, uh, and it's something that needs to be talked about. And you know, download here you go, here's your promo, uh, RG. This is this is your your company man. Uh, those those Google Chrome extensions, download oh, yeah. those those bad boys. They are very very important. Uh, I think Nicole is the one that's still making those. Shout out to Nicole. Um, yeah, and and you'll even see like you, you mentioned Yahoo. Yahoo has. And he, thankfully, Yahoo puts it on the site for man, their management fee is like 11% or 12%. But Fandle and DK, depending on the contest, can be 15 or 16%. And these things matter. And like, oh, 12%, 15%, 16%, whatever it is. I I don't know about you. Do, do, you, uh, do you have Roto Tracker? Is that what's called? Roto Tracker? I do. I have it. Uh, I need to load my stuff back in. I'm waiting towards the end of the season. I'm going to do a recap of uh, all my stuff uh, with Roto Tracker. But yeah, I do like the product. So I just like I, I signed up for it like so many years ago, but I had like the free version and never yeah, really dug into it. Yeah. And I should have. And it's just it was one of those things like where I'm supposed to know what I'm doing and I'm and I hear people talk about it, but I was always I, I had a different ways of figuring out, you know, the sites will tell me how much I owe at the end of the year. But I was curious. It's December. I'm like, oh, it's December. I'm curious where I'm at for the year, you know, what I'm gonna have to pay tax wise. And I was looking at like my fees paid. Fees paid for like lifetime ever. It's just like, and I'm, I did the math and the rake, and I'm like, dude, I paid like three hundred thousand dollars in rake. <laughs> That's insane to me. Yeah. And like, like, the game is so hard. Like, you, you I have to be over three hundred thousand dollars in profit to like just to break even. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's. I'm not sure if you know this. It's designed for you to lose. You're supposed to lose. The people know that, right? You're supposed to lose. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I think this was a revelation. I woke up in a cold sweat last night, and I said, <laughs> it, it dawned on me that DraftKings is a for-profit company trying to take money. It did. It finally clicked for me last night. I do. I mean, I'm sure we all have that friend who, like, signs up for DraftKings or Fandle, whatever it is. And, you know, man, you don't I, – I, I this happened here, and I got screwed here, and I got screwed there, and I can't believe it. And it's like you're one of like three hundred thousand lineups. Like, do the math. You're supposed to lose, man. Yeah, well, and- I thought you were winning this. Well, I lose a lot. I lose plenty. We all lose plenty. But like, it's hard to even beat the. Uh, and it, it takes a. We I've talked about it a lot on this show, and it takes a concerted effort to push past it because you think about it. This like DraftKings. What's their their suggested tournaments? They're the 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 low buy in, biggest dollar, highest you know, contest size things. And then you go in and you sort or whatever. You have to really drill down, go to less than, you know, a thousand people in the contest to really start to give these contests that if you are a sharp player, you can realize your EV much more quickly. Whereas if you're playing these $200,000, $3 play action, like it could take you years and years and years and years and years to ever realize whatever edge you think you might have. So man, I think that's such a good thing i'm generally now just almost all my lineups i'm playing are under 5000 person contests unless i win a ticket or whatever i'm you know making a millie maker lineup with buddies or what you know so i think that is a good note too of you really have to push against what the sites and what the prize pools are trying to push you toward and give yourself a chance to win and beat that rake 
Yeah. Uh, you're, if you're if you're breaking even, you know, I always tell people it's like, you know, you can go to the movies. Well, in, a, in another world, well, maybe depending on where you're living, I suppose. <laughs> in another life, uh, you know, you can go to the movies. You can have your popcorn. You can have your your snow caps if you want to be contrarian. Uh, and you can you know you can spend forty bucks whatever it may be, and you'll get your three four hours of entertainment depending on how long the trailers are. Or you can sit at home and watch your football and get three hours four hours of entertainment depending on how long your your team is live. And it, that's it's just it's kind of an investment in entertainment. And sure, maybe it's possible, especially if you're playing like the Million Maker. Like I don't play the Million Maker unless I have tickets to it. It's just for me. I understand why it exists. I totally get it. Like, I understand that the public generally likes it. They love the idea of twenty dollars you can turn into a million dollars. That's great. But the amount of people that lose at that contest is just insane. <laughs> Everybody's losing at that contest. And it, again, I'm not dispersing it. I'm not saying you shouldn't be playing it, but just understand what you're doing. It. And, and if you're just doing it just for entertainment, I'm just going to have fun. This is going to enhance my viewing. This all of a sudden makes the Jets kind of sort of somewhat watchable. Then I guess I'll spend my 20 bucks in that. But again, you're, it's just a friendly reminder. You're supposed to lose. And you're going to, most likely. Yeah. So I want to... I want to go back to that thing too about um, juggling, you know, different site stuff. And you mentioned like the extensions helping you out. Is that, um, are you kind of, cause you, you have a feel by the time you head over to Yahoo yeah. or Fandle, you, you know, the plays, um, but how much, how much kind of tweaking are you doing for site specific, either rules or contest size and stuff like that? Because I think that is, you know, that is a thing. Even I know what the rules are on FanDuel. I know it doesn't have the bonus. I know it's not full point PBR, but it's still sometimes hard for me to calibrate those differences in real time after focusing on DraftKings. Yeah. So I do like uh, the, the rankings. I rank players every single week, you know, the CBR, the expert rankings here, me and like 10 other people, a whole bunch of us. If you don't like my rankings, go, go to somebody else's rankings. No offense. Uh, and we have consensus. We have, you know, we have it all lined up. So in my brain, and I can just pull mine up. I know exactly what I like, specific to each site. And uh, like, for example, CEH this week is 15 bucks on Yahoo. I'm not sure how much you, you dabble in Yahoo, but it's $5 above the floor. Uh, Mar Marvin Jones has inherently been just too cheap, whatever reason, on Yahoo. And like, I know certain players I like on certain sites. And that's so like, I can just pull it up and, you know, certain guys, everything is salary driven. You know, you have to be, you have to know when to play somebody for the right price and when to fade them for the wrong price. And of course, all of a sudden you can bring an ownership and things like that. And, that can change your decisions as far as tournaments because, well, this guy's overpriced there. So well, that's why we do play them now in 2020 because he is overpriced. And again, uh, it all sort of makes sense in the context of that, you know, lineup building and how to be different, yada, yada. But I know, like, it's, I, I know exactly who I like on every single site. And maybe that's a skill that I have that I'm just like that other people don't that I'm not aware of. And, it, and that's just born out of, you know, doing rankings every you single week or every single, you know, every single, all three of those sites. And so I, I and again, I can just sort of pull it up if I need to. But in my brain, I know exactly where to go on each site. For both your kind of cash game play and say your Yahoo and FanDuel play, do you ever find yourself purposefully fading a guy on DraftKings <laughs> knowing you're going to get your exposure? Say Marvin Jones, like I'm not going to play him on DraftKings, but because I know I'm going to have him almost everywhere on Yahoo or, or is it like, Hey, I like Marvin Jones. If the price is right, I'll play him everywhere. Oh, yeah. The price is right. I'll play him everywhere. But like it, it is it does get down to kind of sort of hedge life. Right. Which is, you know, that, that's that's a beta cut thing. I imagine if you're hedging uh, that, that's frowned upon. 
by by, by the man spans out there. Uh, but, I think uh, Adam calls it the you know the triple condom life. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, like, like uh, the, the Danny Mandela, <laughs> Amendola's of the world, or people like like that. Yeah. I don't know if that's three or four condoms. Not really sure that is a, where that is in the condom scale, but yeah, the guy that you're like begging for five for fifty, and maybe he falls in the end zone. But yeah, so if it if I need to break a tie. If I need to break a tie, but like it, usually like in my head, sometimes I was like, yeah, this just guy is distinctly better. And if it's 51, 49, you know, basically 50, 50, if it's a coin toss, I probably will lean that way. But I'm also, I'm the guy that will, I'll, I'll split my cash games anyway. So I'm already splitting them. And I, I quite possibly am like doing half and half of the same, of two different guys on Fandle or on DK. But if I like a player and I like their price and I like their, whether position that I will lock them in you know, in every single cash game and I'll play them in tournaments sometimes way more than most people do. And sometimes that works out and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, some would say I'm, I'm kind of a chalk-tastic, a bit of a chalk donkey. And, you know, again, that's good sometimes because chalk is good for a reason. And sometimes there's, there's bad chalk and then, you know, that's just how it works out. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't care. It's like, I, I'm perfectly fine taking a stand up. I think one play is distinctly better than the other one. Yeah. Um, yeah depending on the site. Is that something what, you do? You, you'll kind of split it sometimes? You know, because again, I'm doing like 90% of my volume on DraftKings and then playing a few of the single entry tournaments on FanDuel. So I'm normally, uh, like I'll have just from hearing, you know, some people talk throughout the week, I'll know, oh, this guy's underpriced on FanDuel. Maybe I'll make sure to get him in there because I don't have him anywhere on DraftKings. And then generally I'm just building around my same core of stacks and, and little correlations that I like. Um, and I'm going to pull up your uh, win from Yahoo earlier but before we do i just kind of want to get your thoughts on playing on yahoo obviously there's not as much content out there i was just talking with my buddy brian hooper who you actually finished ahead of in this tournament he got second yeah here. better tournament player than brian I mean, small sample size we can draw one conclusion right uh, without question i'm a better tournament player than brick is that can we confirm yeah. based on a small sample is that a big enough sample for cardi i don't know but sample of one I'm better. That's all. There it is. There it is. So uh, we were talking with him on Wednesday about, you know, this idea of maybe trying to be a specialist. Now with, with DFS getting so hard, we were just talking about the rake, how good the players are, how good the content is, and focusing on either a specific game type or a specific site. I have to assume that your, you know, willingness to continue to play on Yahoo regularly speaks to I don't know, are they are the games softer? Like what what makes you devote your time to to playing over there? Yeah, I mean, well, for starters, I'm doing content on it. So if I'm doing content on it, I feel like, you know, I'm already halfway there and I might as well. Uh, other part of it is that, that their rake is lower. It's, you, know, you don't need the RG Google Chrome extension to tell you that it's like uh, they have some management free contests as well, too. They tend to have a, like $3 entries. And it's not like big contests necessarily, but it's it's something, especially for, you know, not all of us are playing a certain X number of dollars. Some people just want to play 20 bucks or 30 bucks or 50 bucks, whatever it is. And if that's all you're going to play, that's where you should get your money in. I know it's not sexy and you're not, oh, I got a chance to win. I mean, you go on DK, it says you have a chance to win a million dollars. Again, wish you luck. It's probably not going to happen. Uh, it's, it's not sexy to you know, kind of uh, win the $100 on, on, on Yahoo, but it keeps you alive and it buys yourself a, you know, some more contests down the road. So uh, that, and they also, at the beginning of the year especially, they tend to have overlay, which Again, overlay is a thing that people, you know, that are new to the industry the last couple of years, new, new to playing DFS. I don't know how long you've been playing for, but overlay was amazing in like 2015, 2016, 2014. Uh, and it barely exists anymore. If it does, it's just like an accident. Now you have, the, you have Yahoo and DK, uh, not, uh, Fandle and DK, 
they're just like they'll have their tournament sometimes like be sold out an hour or two before the slate even locks. It's like, you know, be they're, they're less ambitious. They're less inclined to be ambitious. And Yahoo in the beginning of the year, uh, always. And I'm, I'm, I don't know this for certain, but I'd imagine in basketball, they probably made a big contest in basketball and you're probably going to get overlay on opening night over there or maybe Wednesday night. Uh, they're going to get overlay. And they had overlay several times, the first four, five, six weeks of the year. And I actually, I built like a, I fired like a hundred, you know, I made a hundred tournaments on hundred contests on lineup HQ. Uh, like week one, week two, week three, week four, just a fire because the the overlay was really good out there. And again, they had, they had built in a what twelve percent rake, eleven percent rake, whatever it is. So, uh, and I just I like I like their format. I, yeah. I, I like their contests, and that's that. I, I don't I don't venture. We talked about a we talked about Grant, our buddy Grant, uh, you know, pre show, and Grant is the king of like you know the all, he he knows every site and he knows that across those sites. And I don't know those as well, unfortunately. But I guess Yahoo is about as far as I venture off. Yeah. I want to branch out more, yeah. but uh, yeah, I, I just think it's, a, I like the product. I like the site and uh, that's that. Yeah. And let's talk about this lineup here. Uh, you know, you know, one thing I'm always curious about because I get in the mindset of specifically thinking about correlations as they pertain co- to the kind of DraftKings rules and scoring. When you head over to Yahoo here, looks like you just had kind of a single stack, the Ryan Tannehill, the AJ Brown, and you did bring it back with Jarvis Landry. Other than that, not a ton of correlation. You did have Miles Gaskin with the uh, the Dolphins defense. How are you thinking about correlation specifically on, let's say, non-DraftKings sites like Yahoo? Yeah, I am. Uh, I understand why people correlate. I understand why people game stack. Uh, I think that some people get a little uh, too crazy in that, too obsessed on that. And uh, especially when you have weeks with like 13 games or 14 yeah. games, uh, if it's a more condensed slate, I understand why you would do it. But, you know, 13 games leads to, you know, more games being played, more players putting up, you know, GPP winning, uh, you know, potential uh, outcomes. So I am not somebody that feels like I had to put like four or five guys or even six guys. And obviously it depends upon it. And they're all, not, they're all, they're all interchangeable. And if one guy's a tight end who happens to be like a punt, that, that's like almost like a half that doesn't really count as a full necessarily, but, I, I get correlation. I, I will correlate for sure. But I think this is kind of what I was referring to before is I, I think sometimes we're kind of outsmarting ourselves by forcing correlation. And it's like, was it the, I can't remember who the Jets are playing last week, but it was like, well, what jet are you going to run it back with? Like none. You don't have to just play the receiver and the quarterback and they're going to both crush and the Jet doesn't have to necessarily run it back. And can't remember who it was and I want to play results, but I think it worked out where you don't play any Jets and like a, a quarterback or receiver did perfectly fine. And again, I understand the math behind it. It all makes sense. But I think sometimes we're a little bit too, we, we make just, and like also people are pumping in their optimizers on this. And I, I was talking about this the other night as far as showdown slates. We saw a showdown slate, several showdown slates where uh, it was a solo bank. And it's like most of the players, they it all kind of, it all made sense outside of the fact the correlation didn't make any sense, but they're all individually good players, but nobody's pumping into their lineup lineup HQ and said that they're saying basically it was a DK Metcalf, I think one as a captain, but Russ Wilson wasn't on the lineup. So it's like, and people are saying, if I'm going to play DK Metcalf, I am going to hundred percent every single time computer put in Wilson. And if everybody's doing that, like, again, we understand why that would make sense, but Metcalf had like 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns and Wilson did like very little else. Yeah. Uh, it, like it, it, those are unlikely outcomes, but like if we're all putting in the same set of rules, this you know not doing that, not restricting yourself, but open yourself up to like the the one goofy thing that can happen. I, I, it's just interesting. 
No, for sure. And I'm, I, uh, with my showdown play, I like, I'm, I'm big on correlation on main slates and the full stuff, but I'm like anti-correlation for showdown. I don't, if I do stuff with the optimizer, I'm setting basically no rules whatsoever. I like Um, that. Yeah. Because for the same reason you just described too, because I'm, when I'm playing the main slate stuff, I'm playing smaller contests. So I don't mind trying to raise my floor, eliminate the number of things I have to get right with correlation. When I'm playing the showdown, I'm trying to win a 150,000 person tournament with a unique lineup. So I, a lot of times those correlations are going to funnel everyone to the same type of construction. So that's actually a way to get unique is by fading correlation there, which is interesting. Um, so what other things, uh, actually a question here, what was the tournament size on this one? Uh, I believe it was like 3,300. Uh, yeah, 3,300 people, $25 buy-in. By the way, you, you want the wildest sweat. And here's one of the things you can get as far as Yahoo. We'll, we'll talk about it in a second. But uh, all my players played at 1 o'clock. And Yahoo, you may not know. I'm not sure how much you dabble over there, includes the day, the night game. The night game was oh, just yeah. Game. Yes. So I had a seven-hour sweat. <laughs> seven, eight, I was in first, and, I'm, and I was talking to a friend. I'm like, yeah. I'm in, like, I just, like, you know, I showed a screenshot to a friend of mine. And they go, oh, my God. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's not going to hold up. Like, it's got no shot. I have nobody left. Kansas City plays at night. And, and I dodged, you know, uh, the Tyreek the Tyreek touchdown, two Tyreek touchdowns. Which I, oh, I don't was know it that, that Denver game? Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. okay. Wow. <laughs> I'm not sure how much that would have affected me. I think there was one person lurking with Tyreek in, uh, in Mahomes that wasn't too far behind me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you got to get lucky in these things, obviously. But I, I, a seven-hour sweat, man. And, and I, but to be fair, I wasn't sweating it until, like, the night game. I'm like, wow, this actually held up into the night game. And it's worth noting so much content out there, and we're all guilty of this, is focused on the main slate. And I know we have showdown content, but nobody really talks about, like, how do you factor in the Sunday night players into uh, the regular Sunday slate? So it's just uh, who, who plays Tyreek? You know, some people aren't even thinking about it as far yeah. as playing. It's just, so it's just like if you can get the right game. Not, not that the Chiefs are sneaking up, on, sneaking up on anybody, but it's just sort of interesting how that works out as far as ownership. Yeah, I remember I haven't played one of these in a long time, but I, you know, like the DraftKings, you know, Thursday to Monday slates, like one thing you would see was like heavy ownership on the Thursday game because people are like, oh, I want to play this slate just so I can get these guys in. Do you notice that with Yahoo ownership that the Sunday night is inflated because they're not getting it elsewhere? I I think, uh, well, no, I haven't, but I mean, for sure, it felt like that night that a lot of people in Kansas City because, but I guess that's because it's Kansas City and Tyreek and Mahomes. Uh, but I have not taken notice of that. Uh, and by the way, you mentioned that those were the days that was just beautiful playing Thursday to Monday. The old school people remember, and pe- you know, we love DFS people love their instant gratification. And there's not necessarily <laughs> gratification when you roster like you know the third receiver from the Indianapolis Colts, or like I love when people game stack like you know Colts Houston when those games are like you know 17 to 10 stinkers on Thursday night. Um, I get is that still happening? I, I, I feel like people are sharper and they just just backload everything and just figure it out that that was, that was beautiful. But I mean, I have, I have not played those contests this year. Maybe I should be, maybe I'm missing out, but, um, Oh, by the way, it is worth noting. You see how you, you see how what, what much of a chalk donkey I am. Look, look at this, look at this lineup yeah. as far as the ownership percentage. Uh, I'm not obsessed with ownership. I, it absolutely is a tool. It's absolutely something that needs to be acknowledged, but it's always like, you know, I'll, I'll ask somebody like, why aren't you playing this person? Well, they're going to be so chalky. How chalk 15%. Yeah. 15%. You're telling me like 1.5 out of 10 people will be playing this great play and I can't play him because too many people have him. I, I don't know. Like it's, <laughs> I, and I, again, I fully understand ownership. I fully understand how it matters. And 
you can just play one player that's going to be, you know, less than 5% owned. You're different than 95% of the field as is, and that's just one guy. Now, he's going to be that much more important to the success or lack of success for your lineup, but if you happen to like them, play that one player and then make everything else, you know, chalk-tastic if you want. Now, that player better do good, but, again, I, I, I am not obsessed with ownership. It matters, and I factor it in. But look at how, look how chalky that, that lineup is. Outside of, what, Tannehill and Waller, nobody below 15%? Yeah. Yeah, and the thing, if I recall correctly, this was the week that Corey Davis smashed, right? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. You did, like you would have, I would have just assumed if you had a Ryan Tannehill stack at the top of the leaderboard, you would have had Corey Davis and, and no Corey Davis here. It's funny, I was on a show that, that Wednesday night, I was on with, uh, do a show with uh, Rebar, uh, Rebar and Daigle, and Rebar was telling me Wednesday night, he was talking about the show, he was telling everybody, uh, yeah, play Corey Davis, and I, I didn't listen. And, and A.J. Brown, for whatever reason, was uh, cheap on a, on, uh, on Fandle that we, you know, he was 21% owned and you know, he's, he's the alpha I, I'm told he's supposed to be the alpha there. And yeah, it was Davis week. And that, that was one of the reasons why I was like, I go, I can't, this can't hold. I have Tannehill, but I haven't paired with Brown and Brown got hurt that game too. So it was just like, I'm like, that's not going to hold up. Somebody else has to have Davis with them. And, but even Waller obviously was the big separator and people either spending up on Kelsey who was fine, but not what, what Waller was. And then, you know, there's everybody else that, you know, people just kind of punt as far as tight end, but Waller was just, was just out of his mind. You know, 200 yards, uh, two touchdowns, and he was a pretty good separator. But, yeah, I was surprised it held. Uh, that, that was one of the reasons. I was like, who doesn't have Davis? Yeah, lucky. Yeah, day. well, very nice. And uh, I definitely, after talking to you, I have the bug to uh, to maybe get over on Yahoo sample. Uh, Brian's been urging me to do the same as well. He really enjoys playing over on Yahoo. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, that was definitely instructive here. We are going to transition over, start talking about the main slate. I feel the chat getting restless. Someone's asking, what are the chances that D. Henry puts up 300 plus yards in this game? They want to talk about the slate. If you guys are watching and haven't subscribed to the channel, please do. If you're watching on Roto-Grinder, subscribe there. If you're watching here, please subscribe, hit the like button. We appreciate you for that. Earlier, Dean was mentioning the discords. You can come be the guy in the Roto-Grinders discord, my discord, that posts a lineup on Wednesday and says, this is the nut and we won't even shame you for it discords are safe places for that kind of behavior lots of good stuff in there uh in the deposit kingdom discord uh the guys are going back and forth non-stop about plays getting uh stuff figured out it's fun to have people to bounce stuff off of so definitely hop in there take advantage of that and dean we have a few interesting kind of decision points uh that have dare i say uh flipped the slate on its head here that's, it looks like- that's how we should say it. That's that's well put. I haven't heard that before. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it finally came to me. It finally came <laughs> to me. Uh, so no Taysom Hill this week. They're going back to Drew Brees. I, I assume the first thing I'm thinking about is Alvin Kamara's ownership has to start steaming here now, right? Yeah, well, it's an interesting conversation, and I happened to get a peek earlier on Twitter. Like Cardi was talking about it, and Cardi loves himself some Mike Thomas in the Dome at home. And, you know, obviously he's not been – the same guy all year for, I guess, a variety of reasons with injuries and, you know, having Taysom as opposed to the, the breeze, but I'm not certain uh, that like, which is the better play. If you're going to play one of those two. And it also, you know, the, the other part of the, what I think about is like, well, what do I like as far as depth? Do I like the running back depth this week? Do I like, do I like the receiver depth this week? You know, how many, it, it's always like, well, if you're going to fade a guy, okay. Now you have to decide who you're fading him for. You can't just say I'm not playing so-and-so you, you have, then you have to take the next step. And I, I, I like Kamara. And like we, we did see uh, finally with, with Hill, his targets went up last week to like 10 or so. Previous to that, that, that was the issue. It was like Kamara is not necessarily the, clo- the prototypical workhorse back that's going to get 20 carries. But 
theoretically, when Breeze is back there, he's going to get seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve balls thrown at him. And we finally saw it with Hill last week, and they switched the Breeze. Um, so, like, and I, 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 that was a conversation on Twitter. Like, I think we should bring Mike Thomas into the conversation. Yeah. And uh, optimizers are almost definitely they're going to be spinning out both probably. This is the premium game, you know, at home uh, in a dome, probably on a comeback. You got to keep up with the Chiefs, and both those guys historically are priced cheaper than they normally are. Uh, and theoretically, they're going to bounce back to what they've been. But we haven't really seen it at Thomas all year long. And I know Kamara last year was dealing with a toe, I believe, and they get a toe this year too. But yeah, that's I haven't put much thought into it. You know, again, it's Friday, and the news just broke right before the show as far as Breeze being back. But you can certainly see, and I'm sure optimizers are seeing that those guys are underpriced for their position. And, you know, Hill is just going to run the ball. And now Breeze is not going to run the ball because he's 47 years old. He's going to dump it off to a guy uh, like Kamara. And, you know, Thomas is his guy as well, too. Yeah. I don't really know where I'm at on that, to be honest. Like, again, the news just broke. but And I think running back is really good this week, which makes me think I'm probably more likely to play Thomas just as far as, like, what fits. Even if Kamara is, like, quote-unquote, a better play, uh, I, I think the pool of running backs this week is just stronger than the pool of receivers. Do yeah. you agree with me on that? Yeah, I do, especially because we had these guys that, like you said, so Kamara, people were hesitant to use him with Taysom. And we now have these three rookie running backs who didn't have good roles earlier in the season and Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor, and uh, who's the other one I'm forgetting? Um, uh, Dobbins. Dobbins, yes, who are all now getting emerging roles. They look more viable. So that's, you know, uh, infiltrated the uh, the RB ranks. And then we got guys like Derrick Henry and David Montgomery who are balling out. They've been getting great matchups. And then, of course, you still have Dalvin Cook, who's somehow probably going to come in again under 10% ownership this week. So, yeah, I agree with you. And We also uh, might get Jeff Wilson. We, we might. Think? Yeah, I uh, I was reading the stuff like that. So yesterday, Mostert was upgraded to a limited practice. It okay. seems like he's trending in the right direction to play, but uh, I guess it's hard to know. I think we'll know a lot more after the practice reports today. But yeah, and it also sounds like the Zeke stuff is like, it, it sounds like he shouldn't play. Uh, just based on where he is at with health, but they both the team and the coach are like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to do everything we can to make sure he's out there. So I would be very excited about Tony Pollard opening up as well. If we happen to get that. Why? Uh, like what do you think Pollard Orison gets like, you know, 80%, 75% of the backfield. There's no Elliot. He's dealing, he's still dealing with a suboptimal off an offensive line. That was supposed to be the strength of Dallas. They've lost what, six, seven linemen this year. They're, they're playing with a second unit essentially. And, uh, yes. team totals at twenty one. So, like, and at the price, it's not like he's still mid. He's five two, so he's not four k. Yeah. So my the reason I like Tony Pollard is because I, he to me is one of those situations where the backup would actually have a better role than the incumbent. Say if Nick Chubb went down, like Kareem Hunt's role would be an absolute smash. When Kenyon Drake goes down and the pass catching back steps in and Chase Edmonds, the role's an absolute smash. They split. They had similar amount of touches last week. And I think Pollard's a better pass catching back than Zeke. And I don't think he'd have much competition uh, in the backfield. So just from like a pure volume standpoint, I'd be pretty excited about him. And I've floated that a couple times. I forget who it was too. Someone else was like, Wait, why? Oh, I was talking with Matt Lamarca last night. He's like, why, "Why would you be excited about Tony Pollard?" Now I'm even more excited, knowing that the initial sentiment is, "I don't want to touch Tony Pollard." Well, it's it's all about what the slate tells you, and, and the, yeah. on, on a different slate, when there's not value out there, when there's not what looks, I mean, Acres looks like a quote unquote smash spot. Uh, of course, if you have the money for Henry, obviously he's a great play. Um, we talked about, I mean, maybe Leonard Fournette's a thing this week. That's possible, maybe. 
the, the rise of Jonathan Taylor. Montgomery's been really good for like a month now. And like we, people hated this guy. I'm all the member, but everybody hated Brock. I, you would hold your nose when you'd roster Montgomery. We'd make fun of like the, with that Frankenstein. Uh, uh, <laughs> what was the, like, he's got the arms of this, the, the speed of this guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we all make fun of that. Now he's been fabulous. Um, yeah. The Fournette thing is interesting. You see here, you know, he is not projecting well relative to the ownership. It looks like he's going to garner. And obviously he does cost like 900,000 more than guys like Naheem Hines, Kenyon Drake, Jeff Wilson. But all of those guys uh, are going to project better, if not similarly, at, you know, a fifth of the ownership. To me, Fournette at that kind of ownership is a pretty clear fade. I get it for you, cash game. Chalk donkeys out there. Dean, I'm sure in one of his nine cash game lineups will have letter for <laughs> that. But for me in GPP life, I think he's a pretty easy fade. Yeah, I mean, I have to dig into that more. And that, that was not an, an endorsement of Leonard Fournette, to be clear. <laughs> but, um, you know, it is interesting. I want to see how the tea leaves crack on that. And the, the point, the main point I was making is that running back's really, really strong. So they're, the opportunity cost is bigger. And it's not like we're necessarily scratching for quote unquote value plays this week. Uh, and if it was a week that had no value, and then Zeke sits, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now Pollard is now he's a fabulous play. But I just think there's a fair amount of competition, and it's funny how we mentioned Dobbins, and we're just com- completely going to pretend like Baltimore doesn't have like nine running backs, uh, and they're run- and their quarterback is a running back essentially too. That they have they might run for 300 yards this week against the Jags. Like that's not a completely insane number. And if you include Jackson, Dobbins, Edwards, if they give Ingram a taste, Justice Hill if he dresses. And um, the, the one yeah. thing I'll say about that is they did fully phase out Mark Ingram yeah. last week. Um, and Justice Hill is just running uh, pass routes, basically. And Gus Edwards is going to be a thorn in his side because he's going to get the goal line carries and probably 10 touches. But yeah, I think because that team total is so big um, I, and their spread is so big, I think there's just going to be a room for... I could see Lamar, Gus, and Dobbins getting there, basically, in that kind of a matchup. Um, let's talk about the question at hand. It's, what are you doing with the big dog? Derek Henry this week, um, when you sort by ceiling, when you sort by percentage owned, when you sort by points per dollar, he's there everywhere. He, he is He is the, you know, the, the specter hanging over this slate at 9.5K, and we're projecting right now 26.7% ownership. Are you in or out on the big dog? Yeah. So uh, you ever go to the store, Build-A-Bear? You know, you know Build-A-Bear, right? You're aware of the concept? I mean, I, it's I right here in the No, I don't find myself there that often, dude. <laughs> is that is the wife doesn't put that in the list for, uh, you know, potential uh, Valentine's Day? So let me go. Let me go full screen here, real quick. The first thing I'm doing when this pandemic is over, Dean, is going to build a bear. I miss it. I miss it so much. <laughs> if you were, if you were going to build a build a matchup, build a matchup and build the opponent. Uh, find me a better opponent for a, a more appealing matchup than Derrick Henry in December uh, against the Detroit Lions team that's like fully given up. You know, 31 team total. 11-point favorite at home, checks every single box you want. Is there a better matchup on the board is kind of the point I'm making. Now, of course, goofy things can happen and touchdown variants and yada, yada, yada. But, like, it's a fun – but he doesn't catch the ball. Well, I mean, you don't need to catch the ball if you're under 200 yards or 150 yards to get the box twice. Um, yeah, so my chalk brain is telling me there's a very, very good chance I will have more Derrick Henry than the uh, the field will. Um yeah, and it, it's not recency bias. Like, he's just really, really good, and the Lions are, are fairly bad. Um, you know, and again, a, a team that's fully given up at this point, a new coaching regime as well. But, yeah, I, I, I almost definitely will be playing some Derrick Henry. Uh, 
that that's where I'm at. I mean, again, I don't like to make decisions on a Friday, and I, I never like speaking in definitives. Like, yeah. oh, lock button, and like, oh, you didn't play that guy. It's like, it's like you know, I, I like to speak in like I need, to, I give me an out. I want an out. I'm most likely to have more than the field. I speak in like you know, not you know, I, I make sure I put those clauses in there so I can point to that and say, well, you know, there, I left myself a little bit of a loophole there. But yeah, I, I'm going to have some hammering. How about yourself? Yeah, I uh, I'm going to need to see where the ownership shakes out. I will tell you right now, like if I had to build my lineups right now, um, I think I am going to probably take the $500 discount and a third of the ownership discount and play more Dalvin Cook than Derrick Henry. Um, but I'm going to need to see how that shakes out. I kind of I need I like it when Derrick Henry either like shoots over 30% ownership or falls down underneath 20. It makes the decision so much easier for me when he's in this kind of you know, ambiguous territory. It makes it harder on me. Um, we're going to build a lineup here in a second. I did want to uh, toss you a question that uh, Eric Belair, who has never not been in a draft with me, asked uh, in the Discord here uh, for you. My current question is about ownership leverage. This ties in uh, obviously here with the big dog. Like when do you decide to use or not use a highly owned player's teammate Corey Davis versus the big dog, et cetera. So kind of hinting at this idea of if we are fading, how do we think about leveraging that ownership? Um, do you have any thoughts on this? So the, the concept of if you're not playing Henry and you have a 31 team total, you might as well get yourself some like Brown or Davis or Tannehill or a combination of. Yeah. And I think because there's two kind of directions of leverage, right? Like if the, the example of playing Dalvin cook instead of Henry would be leverage, yeah. similar position, or there would be the direct leverage of I'm going to play Corey Davis. I'm going to play Johnny Smith. I'm going to play the Titans defense and see if the points get there somewhere else and directly leverage that the Henry ownership. Oh, for sure. I'm in on that. Yeah. If you, if you think if you, if you project that Tennessee is going to score four or five touchdowns and if you're going to say, well, if Henry doesn't get there, how do they get there? You know, theoretically, what else is going to happen? Daniel's going to throw multiple touchdowns. I guess they're going to be goofy uh, defensive things. And you, you have to ask their question, you know, does Detroit do enough to keep up, keep it interesting and Tennessee keep, you know, keep them throwing. But sometimes it's like, well, it's 28, nothing. And then in the first half, well, how do they get the 28, nothing? Maybe Tannehill threw four touchdowns to the Brown to the Davis. Like that's a path too. And Henry just falls on his face through no fault of his own. It's just kind of how the way the game goes. So yeah, I'm for sure in on that. And like you said, there's the direct, uh, the, the direct pivot and the indirect pivot uh, cook versus Henry indirectly is certainly interesting as well too. And I like the bears this week, which is a sentence I don't say very often, but I think they're pretty interesting. And I'm in on Allen Robinson and, I don't know. I mean, this, this kind of bummed me out. I, I ran I ran the blitz like five minutes before we went on. I want to see if I missed anything or anything going on. And like Cole Komet is in like 17% of lineups. And I love it. I was on Cole Komet before it was cool. And now I think it's cool. I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah, uh, like it. yeah, it was this interesting thing where we saw kind of a flippening with him running more routes, playing more snaps than Jimmy Graham. Then Jimmy Graham gets the touchdown last week. Wow. But Cole Komet, I believe, still had seven targets. So that role is pretty nice. And yeah, I ran the same thing here. 20% pop in there with the uh with the blitz lineup so yeah i think he's very interesting it looks like the ownership is going to reflect it i generally don't love playing the the chalky you know thinner uh tight end plays but uh definitely want to take a good look at it and um one other concept i will say about the leverage here as we transition to making a lineup is there's almost that third type of leverage as well which is and i've heard uh eric bimefort talk about this uh mike leone talks about this of flipping the build so the chalk build of being like this week, say people are going to play the Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara and go cheaper at wide receiver. Well, maybe you're jamming in Tyreek Hill and Metcalf and Ridley and going cheaper 
at running back. And that's another yeah. way I think to get leverage just by the, the mere construction of your lineup. I understand that concept. I have a hard time executing it. That's, <laughs> that, that's not something that I pull off successfully. Uh, and I also, my brain tends to want to put uh, a running back in the flex, like just always. And I know it's not what you're supposed to do, but I just like guaranteed quote unquote guaranteed touches. I want to compile as many opportunity, right? NFL. I don't care how skilled you are. If you're going to have 20 opportunities, you know, you have more chances to, to get there. They're all skilled to various degrees. And that bleeds into the like, whole running backs don't matter conversation, I suppose. But yeah, I, I have, and I have a hard time putting receivers in the flex. Now, of course I do sometimes, but I do it begrudgingly. Is, is that something you struggle with or is that just me? It's so funny, Dean. I'm literally the opposite. I struggle to put a running back in my flex. <laughs> like I feel weird when I, when I do it. Uh, Why? So yeah. Because I, I just generally, I find the running back options to be pretty gross. Like the good plays are very highly owned. And when I'm looking for um, good contrarian pivots, it just, the pool dries up. And I normally don't feel good about more than two guys. Like last week, uh, I liked DeAndre Washington. I liked uh, Ronald Jones and I liked Mike Davis. And like, those were like the three guys I liked. And I was just kind of cycling in two of them in my lineup. So yeah, I, I find myself having a wide receiver list. I like that's a mile long and like four running back plays. So, so I don't know. Clear, you like the Miami Dolphin running back last week. And that Miami Dolphin running back you liked last week was DeAndre Washington. As opposed to my guy. Was Patrick there nobody Clark? else that comes to mind? Yeah. Like, is there... The guy, the guy that actually led the backfield in snaps. I know. What was I thinking? Is book club canceled? <laughs> Does he know this? <laughs> The thing is, is we did that draft with Patrick Laird before the season, and he was telling us that Miles Gaskin was the dude, and I, oh. I didn't listen to him enough. Yeah, he said it was it was Miles Gaskin season, uh, and everyone got thrown off by the Lynn Bowden trade, by the Jordan Howard acquisition, the Matt Breida acquisition. It was Gaskin all along. All right, let's build a, a lineup here. Dean, you are the guest. It's your honors. You can start us off with a stack, a play, a mini correlation, anything you're feeling particularly good about here on a Friday afternoon. This is so weird. Like, it's so strange. I don't build lineups on Friday. I don't know what to do. <laughs> That's, I, I don't either, except this one. And then uh, and then people will put it in a contest. And I will say, oh, no. the, Friday, the Friday build lineups, have done pretty well this year, like actually really well. So there is a bit of pressure here. All right. Um, let's see. Who do I want to – where Where do I want to start? Is Cam Akers going to be a second insanely ch- – it's so – we're just going to assume like these these, uh, these guys aren't going to flip-flop and like it's just like Taylor and, 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 and Dobbins and Akers' world and that's that. Like we're see, assuming- I, I honestly think – I think, and I don't think these ownerships have been updated with the Taysom Hill news. I really think Kamara and Akers ownership could almost flip here. Really? Uh, I I think a, a Kamara is going to get extremely popular over the next 48 hours. Oh boy. I mean, to me, like Akers looks like possibly the best play of the slate. Like he's, you know, 6.6K. If we're going to assume like, you know, his usage is, is where it's at and there's no reason to think otherwise outside of like the first 10 weeks where it's going to flip flop all over the place. But theoretically, he's their running back of the future. There's some, you know, draft equity there as well. Draft capital, if you want to say. Um, I, I mean, God, I'm going to be so freaking chalky. Uh, I, but I want to play Cam Akers at 6'6", especially if you're telling me you're telling me Cam Akers is not going to be that as popular as projected. Well, how much will you kill me if I try to correlate this with the Jets wide receiver that is? Popping in the blitz. Yeah. Well, Mims, for whatever reason, and that's another one. Mims is $10 on Yahoo, the floor. Uh, yeah. Yahoo hates Mims. Everybody hates Mims. They, they just don't raise that guy. But 
Uh, how, how many fantasy points are air yards worth? Do we, is that a thing? Is, is, is that I, we, we call them prayer yards now. Uh, I play <laughs> Denzel Bibbs every week. He, he was out last week, non-injury concern. He had to go back home for something. I never even heard uh, oh. what was going on there. Um, but yeah, so I won't for, I don't want to tarnish this, you, you know, earlier you said, you know, these guys always feel like they have to toss in a Jets wide receiver. You were talking to me, Dean. I'm yeah. the guy always putting Denzel Mims in the lineup. I played Perryman last week. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll admit to that. That happened. Well, UCF, <laughs> I mean, I had to represent. That's my school. So uh, the UCF guys haven't been great, like Perryman and well, Aikens, UCF guy as well, too. And a lot of people are mad at him. Maybe they go back to Aikens. I think he's 2-8 on DK if you want to pivot off a of commit, but. I'm probably going to stick with Komet, but, you know, run multiple lineups. Where do I want to start? What's my favorites? Because well, I like, you know, I like the Kansas City side. That's just kind of expensive. I like a Naked Hurts. I think a Naked Hurts is perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, uh, I, you know what I like kind of doing? Let's do this. If you like the Naked Hurts, I like DeAndre Hopkins a lot. What if we kind of get that correlated a bit there? Like okay. Hurts and Hopkins. What's your synopsis on Murray? Like he, he finally ran last time, like 15 times or something like that. Still not throwing the ball like for many yards. Like hasn't been successful. He had a few deep balls that make his numbers look a little better. Uh, you know, he had that bomb at the Hopkins a few weeks, what a month or so back. But why? Why has he not been? Why has he been stifled? Uh, can we? Is there anything we can point to or small sample stuff? Defenses are playing him better or what? I mean, I will say. Yeah, I will say those. All of those weeks where you know he had that stretch, he was averaging sixty-seven point one rushing yards per game, and then he had a stretch of three games where total. He had 61 rushing yards. And then last week was the first week he was off of the injury report. All three of those weeks he was on the injury report. And, you know, even while he was injured, he was like, oh, it's not bothering me. I don't know. I feel like there was probably something there. And I think also it sounded like there was something schematically. Like they do a lot of those like uh, zone read stuff on the, the read option. And he was saying that the defense was just begging him to hand it off. Uh, basically, I don't know how like the spy, I don't, I don't have my hand in the dirt enough to know, but whatever he wants to tuck it and run, that wasn't there for him is what he said. So I, the thing about that, I I'm feeling good about Kyler. I think he's underpriced, but I do feel really good about Hopkins. His, his target role in this offense is just so solid. And if we get a Jalen hurts ceiling game, you got to think Arizona's putting up points. So I like getting uh Kyler in here. I'll toss back to you. Now we got hurts acres and Hopkins eating a little bit of chalk, but that's what you do when you have Dean on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And like, yeah, if I was the DC playing against uh, Arizona, I would say, yeah, let's try our best to give, have them give the ball to Kenny, Kenny Drake. Let's, let's figure that out somehow. Uh, let's, let's force their hand. So that kind of makes sense as well too. Uh, let's open up some, let's, let's play commit. I would open up some salary and, but for the record, I think are we building the full lineup? Can we build a full one, or how does this work? Yeah, we we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up here in a couple minutes, but we're gonna get this full bad boy in here. Okay, uh, Cole commit. Now I have five three to play with. Uh, I'm pulling up my rankings that I did yesterday, and of course these change the closer and closer we get the lock. I, I'm, I'm using my little cheat sheet to see if there's anything that kind of pops for me. Uh, again, I want to open up some salary. One, one of my favorite defenses, a dollar for dollar, is. Uh, Tampa. I don't mind Seattle. I have, t- I have Tennessee ranked. Probably can't get to the Rams. I'm just trying to open up salary first, I guess is what I'm trying to do. Hey, let, you know, we got to put Henry in there. We can't not play Henry and then we'll figure it out from there. Uh, okay. I will do Henry, but you then have to allow me to save money and play Denzel Mims. Ugh, all right. That's a trade-off, Dean. <laughs> but like, you're not supposed to play, at least as of right now, super, super chalky 
a, a jet receiver with a, a team total of like, he, what is it, 14 or he's something. He's not going to be chalky. You got him at 7.5% right now. People don't want to play Jets. I mean, look, we got people telling me lowest implied they want to puke when they do it. No one's going to play Denzel Mims. Only me. Yeah. Well, I should say he's popping in optimals just because we live in a little salary cap and like he kind of makes things work. But yeah, well, we'll see what happens on Sunday as far as how money is squeezed. But all right, let's throw in Mims. Let's so put in got- a defense and then figure out what we have for the last two. Okay, are we going to correlate our defense? We can't get that to Rams, I don't think, as far as this lineup. It's not going to, it's not going to work, unfortunately. I, I mean, I generally want to punt it as much as I can. Uh, who's who's the one who makes you the makes you the least squeamish defensively down here? Um, Ugh, I bad. would say, honestly, like Washington's pass rush at home could give Seattle some fits. And Russell takes some sacks. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I don't I don't mind that. Sure, I'm okay with that. Now we got five five to play with. Uh, I did throw in commit. Did you get that? Yeah, I got commit in here. So we got, yeah, 5-5 five, five with the wide receiver in flex left to go. I mean, uh, I guess we probably need someone else like in the mid fours. Um, you know, one just random guy that was kind of interesting to me. Uh, I think he was projecting well in the blitz too, you know, without Julio. Russell Gage has been like really solid. Yeah, for some reason, I, I'm not a fan of Gage, but I think really? he's perfectly fine. I, yeah. I, I saw... The Gallup price. Gallup is three five. Oh, I, I thought that I was pretty. Uh, but I, I mean, I want to play Ayuk so much, but I don't know if he makes his build. Uh, and the well, fourth left left over. Who do you want no, to throw? We, on? You, you want Gallup or you want Ayuk? How about both? And then we upgrade somewhere else. I'll let. Okay. We can get off. We can get off Mims. That means we're playing four. Oh, okay, we're getting rid of Mims. All right, there we go. All right. Uh, what yeah, if, the one we want as far we as we can go Mims up to Gage. Okay. Or do you have another wide receiver in the 47? You are not in on Gage, I can tell. He's fine. I just I, – I, I don't get excited about Gage. But, yeah, if we, if we throw Gallup in there, you can play Gallup or you – but now we have – we got four, seven left. Uh, I mean, Uncle Lenny. <laughs> and Lenny is four. I, I don't think I want to – I mean, I don't think I want to. But he oh, might this, get an opportunity. This is where we're back to our battle of I was just de facto putting in a wide receiver in the flex, and now you're trying to get us back to the running back. How about this? How about so people don't dupe us? We leave this flex open here. Choose your own adventure for the listeners at home, how they want to fill this bad boy out. Yeah, and also we're not breaking any rules. I mean, we can't. We never want to do that. And uh, yeah, in my head, I want to put – I don't want to put Fournette in, but I want to put a running back in that, that fits under the cap. Um, and that's just kind of what happens there. And man, it's 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 a bit of a it's a bit of a squeeze this week. I, I haven't built any lineups just yet, and I thought there'd be more value in my head. We did spend up on Henry, and we spent them on oh, Hopkins, yeah. but still, and we saved pretty much everywhere else. I got a super chat here from Talib Quelly here. Uh, two dollars. This lineup is looking super chalky. Cash Pete. He sent me a two dollar tip because he feels so guilty for me of how chalky this lineup is. Can you believe that, Dean? Is that is that a rapper, Talib Quelly? Yeah. He's it watching. He, yeah, he is. Um, and apparently, he's a contrarian GPP player. Yeah, I mean, look, you're, you, that's the thing. Is that I, I'm the person I'm, I'm uh, pushing back, and I'm saying it's okay to play chalk in tournaments, and just if you can just find that one guy, and then we'll see what happens on Sunday as far as you know Gallup's ownership versus Mims' ownership. But if one of those guys is you know five percent or seven percent or eight percent, and you know Washington's probably not going to. Well, who knows how it's going to how things are going to crack? But I guess everything else is. Like Hertz is going to be what ten percent owned, maybe twelve percent. Yeah, whatever. That's that's fine. And then you're. I don't think this lineup's not going to be duped. I don't. Well, it might be because people were watching the show. 
<laughs> you said people just want to fire. Yeah. And I will say I was building in the shell here uh, uh, in the blind side, uh, which I think is one of the better uh, single entries on yeah. here. $27, only 5,398 people. This is a, one of those kind of uh, low to mid stakes uh, tournaments that I think is good and gives yourself a realistic chance of winning if you guys want to get in there. Also, um, you don't have to be crazy ambitious in the blind side. Like you don't, you don't have to have the nuts no. to win. Yeah, you can win on Yahoo. You can win when Corey Davis goes off with AJ Brown. You don't have to get everything right when the fields aren't two hundred thousand people. Yeah. Uh, so I guess yeah, build your own adventure as far as uh, this forty seven hundred left. Have yourself a good time. But uh, yeah, this is playable. I'm okay with this. I, I would play this. Why not? There you go. There you go. Well, Dean, thank you so much for coming on the GPP Friday Build Show. You guys can catch Dean, of course, at Roto Grinders doing all kinds of content throughout the week. You can catch him in a Zoom poker room with me later tonight. I need to go check out the solvers, make sure my GTO poker strat is locked down. I can tell Dean is getting prepared. The sunglasses are coming. Anything else you'd like to plug here, Dean? No, yeah, you, you knocked it all. You got it all. The people know what I think at this point. Well, that that sounds arrogant. Uh, <laughs> either you want to you want to follow my content or you don't. Like I've been around long enough, you probably know of my existence, or you don't know of my existence. You don't care to know of it. But uh, yeah, find me on Twitter. Argue with me about uh, Christmas movies. Eyes wide shut's the best Christmas movie of all time. There you go. Uh, there you go. A, yeah, <laughs> I don't and- know why I'm bringing that up, but they, that's the take I'm throwing out there to the people. I don't. Does that anger the chat? I think people get upset about that. But uh, yeah. Follow my content on RG. Uh, well, I'll be on Sunday, three hours before lock, as I am every single week. And, of course, basketball right around the corner. Cannot wait for basketball season. It's going to be good times for sure. But uh, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Yeah. No, you are uh, a blast to talk to, as always. I think lots of good nuggets here for us tournament players to pull from. And I think we all need to give a long, hard look to some of these non-DraftKings sites, really try to push whatever edges we can still find. As as Paul says, smash the like button smash the subscribe button on your way out we will be back on monday reviewing our lineups i'm playing in both of the double spies this week both of the double spies 200 single entry the bankroll is either going to take a hit or we're going to be rolling in it and uh, lots of cool stuff coming i'm putting together a compilation video of some of the best nuggets from the friday shows with guests to kind of um, put those all together in one place. A lot of the things we've learned this week so or this year, so that'll come out next week. And I also think I'm going to do a giveaway. Uh, I teased this on a on the show I did with Davis yesterday. I think I'm going to free, free roll someone in the spy in week 16 uh, around uh, people subbing to the YouTube channel. So look forward to that. Appreciate you guys as always. Have a great weekend. Good luck on Sunday. We'll see you on Monday.